You ready? 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 One, two, three, four! Anyway, with the friend.
Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. I am your host, Steve, and as, well, tonight I'm going to be starting off the show solo because uh, Lou will be joining us later on. I'm sure we'll probably have Alex uh, and maybe a few others calling in as well. Uh, we have a lot to cover tonight. We got the Super Bowl to talk about. We have, of course, uh, a whole bunch of coaching changes happening around the NFL. We have WWE Elimination Chamber, which is actually going on right now live on Peacock. Uh, or, obviously, if you're in international uh, areas, then it is also on pay-per-view. Uh, we have the MLB Extra Innings Rule to also talk about tonight. And I kind of figured we would start off uh, first with a little bit of uh, a little bit of some programming notes for the Misty AE podcast, which, by the way, can be can be listened to on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most most uh, recently Google Podcasts. Uh, also on iTunes and any of the other big podcast uh, networks around uh, the internet. I kind of figured, though, I would start off first with this note that for any Survivor fans, coming up this upcoming Thursday night, we will be doing the Survivor 44 cast assessment podcast where Jim Early and the rest of the gang help dissect the this season's cast and we'll see who may be going far who may not be long for the game there's quite a bit of stuff that uh that I, I know Jim definitely has on tap uh so we will be dissecting that and also this season uh, obviously, for anybody who doesn't remember, uh, last season we did it every Thursday, and we will do it again this season. Every Thursday night, uh, we will have the Survivor 44 recap show where we will recap everything that has gone down in the world of Survivor. Tonight, though, is Sports Whispers Weekly, and I kind of figured I would start off the night First, uh, I haven't done this in quite a while, but uh, we're going to look down the standings of both the NBA and the NHL to see where things stand as of right now. As First, we'll start off with the NBA, and the NBA, folks, let me tell you, it is going to be a competitive playoff uh, group this year if, if the, uh, the standings so far are anything to go by. First, we'll start with the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference is led by the Boston Celtics with a 42-17 and record, just a half a game ahead of the second-seeded Milwaukee Bucks. 
In third seed, we have the Philadelphia 76ers with a 38-19 and record, three games behind the Boston Celtics. In the fourth seed, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers at 38-23, and just five games behind the Celtics. Number five, surprise, surprise, the Brooklyn Nets, who are no longer with Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. They sit at 34-24. and Seven and a half games back. In the sixth seed, we have the New York Knicks at 33 and 27, nine and a half games back. And in the play-in tournament, so to speak, uh, that is seeds seven through ten for each conference. In the number seven seed, we have the Miami Heat right now with a 32 and 27 record, ten games back of the top spot. Number eight, we have the Atlanta Hawks at 29 and 30, 13 games back. At number nine, we have the Washington Wizards at 28 and 30, 13 and a half games back. And at number 10, we have the Toronto Raptors at 28 and 31, 14 games back. Then now falling out of the pack, we have the Chicago Bulls at 26 and 33. They are 16 games back followed by the Indiana Pacers at 26-34, the Orlando Magic at 24-35, the Charlotte Hornets at 17-43, and and the Detroit Pistons at 15-44. and Over on the Western Conference side, the Denver Nuggets lead the way at 41-18, and and... From there, it basically drops off pretty good. The Memphis Grizzlies in the number two seed at 35-22. and 22. They are five games back of the top spot in the Western Conference. Seems like this year, it's, it, it seems to be the year so far for the Denver Nuggets. We will see if they will be able to keep things going the way that they, that they have been so far this year. And surprisingly, though, in the number three seed, you have the Sacramento Kings at 32-25 and 25 under new head coach Mike Brown. My God, you know, for a, team, for a team that has been in obscurity for so many years, it really, seems, it's, it really seems like Mike Brown has finally righted the ship of the Sacramento Kings. And now, all of a sudden, we're looking at Sacramento in a potential in a potential uh playoff spot here and in good position too. Number 4 you have the LA Clippers at 33 and 28, 9 games back. Number 5 you have the Phoenix Suns at 32 and 28, 9 and a half games back, but of course this is uh without Kevin Durant so far. Uh Durant is still out with a knee issue, I believe. So uh, they are currently nine and a half games back of the Denver Nuggets. In the number six seed, you have the Dallas Mavericks at 31 and 29, 10 and a half games back. Uh, number seven, starting with the play-in tournament here, you have the New Orleans Pelicans at 30 and 29. They are 11 games back, followed by the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are also who are 31 and 30, and also 11 games back as well. You also have the Golden State Warriors at 29 and 29, 11 and a half games back. 
And the Oklahoma City Thunder round out the play-in tournament portion at 28-29, and 12 games yeah. back. Those on the outside looking in in the Western Conference right now, you have the Portland Trailblazers at 28-30, and 30, the Utah Jazz at 29-31, and 31, the L.A. Lakers at 27-32, and 32, and in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes, we have the San Antonio Spurs at 14-45, and 45, and the Houston Rockets at thirteen and forty-five. So, uh, Lou, you have uh, yeah. you have officially joined us. Uh, welcome to tonight's show. Uh, Thank I was you. Just going, I was just going over the uh, the NBA standings as they stand right now, headed into the All Star break. And oh. you know, I got first off. Let's start off with All Star Weekend, Lou, because you know I'm not even I'm not even watching tonight's All Star game. Because, or right. tonight's All Star festivities, because I don't know, Lou. It just it just seems like it's become a bit of a joke. Like, yeah, the best has, the best players the best players, Lou, are in the three point shootout tonight. Right. I mean, we've gotten to the point where the slam dunk contest, you know, everybody every year used to always look forward to the slam dunk contest. I can't blame them. And, and yet now it's like, why, why even bother watching? Yeah. I'm actually watching the Michigan, Michigan state game. Actually. Yeah. You, you know, you might be better off watch, uh, watching, yeah. watching college ball tonight than or I mean, or it, you know it means nothing exactly yeah it it doesn't even mean a single a single thing for the most part like take a look at this year's competition for the slam dunk con- contest you have Kenyon Martin Jr of the Houston Rockets you have Trey Murphy the 3rd of the New Orleans Pelicans you have Jericho Sims of the New York Knicks and you have Mac McClung of the Philadelphia 76ers. Mac McClung, who is on, I think he's on like a 10-day contract. Like he's not even, he's not even an everyday, uh, you yeah. know, NBA player. And th- this is literally all they could come up with this year for the dunk contest. Maybe they need to dunk them. Oh. I mean, seriously, it's you know, it, it, it's it's kind of pathetic because the it is the old the old days of the uh, of everybody you know looking looking uh, toward looking forward to the dunk contest. Those days seem to be long gone at this point. Well, we're a, it's a bygone era, though, Steve. He has it, you know, figured out too. You know, it's not like us when I was young or back in your day and whatnot. You know. The whole the whole style of the All Star games has changed, and you know it, and it's it's premise. So we're not going to see what we once did. You know, in my case, like uh, twenty to thirty years ago. In your case, maybe ten to twenty years ago. So it's completely different now. Yeah, it, you know it, it. It is completely different. I mean, that, obviously, you know, you still have the skills challenge. You still have uh, the three point contest, uh, but. And and also you you also have uh, the rising stars game and everything and the celebrity game, but it, you know it's just the entire the entire landscape of 
All-Star Weekend seemingly has changed, and you know, and not just the NBA, but also the NHL as well. You know, I actually I like the NHL All-Star Game. I like how they do. It. I like how they do that. I know. The oh yeah. Stars. No, I am in I am in complete agreement with you on that one. I love how they did the NHL All how they've set up the NHL All Star Game, uh, yeah. to to have basically a tournament style format where you have basically representatives you have representatives from each division. Yeah, very entertaining. Unlike the Pro Bowl, yeah. which was nothing more than with a scrimmage than a scrimmage game, it's like you know like a pickup game somewhere. That was that was. I'll say before I get it two weeks ago. What the hell was that? Yeah. Now uh, we do we do have the skills challenge already completed uh, tonight. The team Jazz, the uh, hometown team Jazz, took home the win in the skills challenge tonight uh, with Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, and Colin Sexton representing the Utah Jazz. Uh, they were going up against the Atenacumpos, which. I mean, oh, yeah. really, really, the Antenna Kumpos, Alex can't even, Alex can't even make his way into the league. Uh, Thanasis is a, is like a garbage time bench player, and Giannis is the only real person in that, you know, the only real star on that entire threesome. Right. And then you also had the rookies, uh, consisting of Paolo Boncaro of the Orlando Magic, Jaden Ivey of the Detroit Pistons, and Jabari Smith Jr. of the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Now, that I can understand. And, uh, you know, obviously Utah I can understand because, you know, they're the, they're the uh, hosting city for right, that. Right, right, right. So – of course, yeah. You you can you can expect that the, that they would uh, they would have a team uh, out there much like uh, Cleveland did last year. But yeah. come on, you know the the Antenna Kumpos. Yeah. When uh, Giannis basically all all he's known all, you know all he's known for is basically most of his inside work. Yes. I mean. It's it's no wonder, honestly, that the Jazz took home the win here in the uh, in the Kia Skills Challenge. Yeah, and actually, it, you know, it wasn't even Giannis Antetokounmpo tonight because he injured his wrist in the final mm-hmm. game uh, in the final game before the All Star break. So his uh, uh, yeah, we don't know if he'll even play. So because of that, his teammates else, other developments happened already. But uh, as far as I know, he's not playing. Well, then I, w- I wonder if they I wonder if they uh, did they add a replacement All Star then? Well, I mean they haven't announced anything because they won't announce the last until tomorrow, like a half hour before the game. So um, it hasn't been determined yet. I, I haven't heard uh, anything in the last few hours. Well, may, you know, maybe maybe it's kind of late then for for them to have uh, for them to uh, to replace him. Yep. But uh, in in his place, uh, his Milwaukee Bucks teammate Drew Holiday took his spot. So it was Holiday oh, yeah. and the other two Antetokounmpo brothers. 
that were that uh, were part of Team Antetokounmpo. Uh, but basically, the way it happened in the team relay, uh, the first round, the Team Rooks won that round uh, over Team Antetokounmpo and Team Jazz uh, by about nine seconds. I think the the total difference was. Uh, in the team relay, and they basically got their they got their uh, first 100 challenge points. Uh, let's see, in the second round, uh, which was team passing, Team Jazz ran wild down the stretch, and they ended up finishing with 88 points, besting uh, Team Antetokounmpo's 84 points and Team Rooks's 78 points, uh, which led to a tiebreaker um, where basically uh, basically the t- uh, team jazz ended up uh, ended up winning the tiebreaker so yeah uh, obviously right now they have the three point challenge going on um, and I believe they had said that Jason Tatum was supposed to go first. So uh-huh. I don't know exactly uh exactly what's going on there because I'm not, you know, I'm not even I'm not even watching it. Uh but the right. comp- the competitors for the three-point competition tonight are Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers, uh mm-hmm. Tyler Harrow of the Miami Heat, Buddy Heald of the Indiana Pacers, Kevin Huerter yeah. of the Sacramento Kings. Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers, uh, Laurie Markinen of the Utah Jazz, uh, originally Anthony Simons of the Trailblazers was supposed to be in, but due to injury, Julius Randle of the New York Knicks will be replacing him, and also Jason okay. Tatum. So, I mean, you know, compare compare that to the skills challenge and it's easily more uh you know it's easily more appetizing for any fans watching uh that are you know that are looking forward to all-star festivities right uh matter of fact let me take a look here and see what we have right now for uh so the final the final round of the three point competition looks like it's down to Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton uh both of the Indiana Pacers so uh meanwhile Kevin uh, I guess Kevin Huerter shot nothing but bricks the entire time in the three point competition so uh it's the, the there was a lot of uh a lot of memes being uh being put up right now. Uh and actually uh Tyrese Halliburton in the fir- in the first round had tied the NBA three point contest record actually, uh finishing with thirty one points in the first round. So uh yeah, it's a matter of fact, let me see here because I I believe there's three, aren't there, that usually advance to the final round? Yes. Because it's down to Laurie Markkinen and Jason Tatum 
uh, from what I'm uh, from what I'm seeing here. I mean, obviously, you know, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, yeah. As this thing rolls on, uh, what what's gonna what's gonna come here of the uh, three point? Con- oh, actually, no. It is it is Damian Lillard, actually. Oh, we who, who will be facing off against Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. So that should make that should make a very interesting, uh, yeah. a very interesting finish. I think so. Now, Lou, let's go on to the Super Bowl because, yeah. my God, I don't think anybody was predicting just exactly how close this game would be. I did. Uh, well, yeah, you did. Uh, you definitely, you definitely predicted that it would be a close game. Uh, you know, all the predictions that I was seeing uh, in the lead up to the game, not everybody was uh, was uh, you know uh, pretty much every analyst had Philadelphia winning this game yeah. handily, but. And this is just obviously my opinion. Uh, you know, I know that there are people mm-hmm. running amok right now saying that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest of all time now because he's won two Super Bowls, even though there's a certain quarterback who has won seven Super Bowls. But Never uh, no, that doesn't. But no, that doesn't make that doesn't make Brady the greatest of all time. No, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest of all time because he's won two Super Bowls in his first five years in the league. Uh, yeah, right. Even though Brady won three in his first five years in the league, but I digress. Yes, of course. This game, I feel, was a tale of two halves. You had uh-huh. the first. You had the first half where Philly led twenty-four to fourteen at the half, and in all honesty, the whole. It kind of reminded me of the Super Bowl when Philadelphia beat the Patriots before the Patriots then went on to win to win the pre- to, to win the next Super Bowl. You know that was known for the for the Philly special, yeah, basically. And obviously the the year after that the Patriots went on to beat the LA Rams in the in that year's Super Bowl. But it, it this game really reminded me of the Eagles Super Bowl win when the game was close until the se- until the second half. When the second half it was a com- it was completely one sided. And that's essentially what we got here, where Kansas City kind of faltered out in the first out in the first half because of uh, the defense of the of the Eagles. However, I will say I was very surprised that the Eagles could not get to Mahomes at all. Right, but they 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 could not get their hands on Mahomes one bit. In the entire uh, in the entire game, Mahomes got sacked no no times. He he went no. sackless basically. Uh, however, in the second half, it almost seems like Jonathan Gannon was told, uh, much like Matt Patricia, 
years prior. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, this is the Arizona Cardinals. We want to interview you for our head coaching position. Uh, can you can you come by say Monday or Tuesday? and it, it, it's it's almost as if Philadelphia Philadelphia's defense basically said fuck it at the half and decided that the game was over. It's you know it's just, it's just it's just my thought, Lou. It just, it just seems like they decided that the game was over and there was no need to come out for the second right. half. Because well, this, goes, you can't rest on your laurels, but apparently they did. Yeah, I mean it was a completely. Uh, it felt like I was looking at a completely different defense the entire second half. Yes. It was like, what the, what the hell are they doing? They're leaving receivers like Travis Kelsey wide open. They're leaving yeah. lanes wide open, which is completely different from uh, their showing in the first half. And, you know, I got to tell you, you know, people were wondering, okay, would experience play a factor? You know, would yeah. Jalen Hurts would Jalen Hurts have the uh, Super Bowl jitters, you know, the, the first-time jitters? Sure. Jalen Hurts did not show any sort of jitters whatsoever. Four total no, touchdowns. Uh, four total touchdowns, 304 yards on 27 of 38 completions. He also had 15 carries for 70 yards, uh, three, touchdown, uh, three touchdown runs, one touchdown pass. Uh, he did get sacked twice for two yards, but, I mean, not really that, that big of a deal uh, as far as sacks go. I remember, you know, I remember saying that Philly would need to remember that they're a rushing team. And mm-hmm. in all honesty, apart from Jalen Hurts, they didn't really get that much out of Kenneth Gainwell or Miles Sanders. On the other side, though, Kansas City, you got Isaiah Pacheco with 15 carries for 76 yards and also a touchdown run as well. Patrick Mahomes, despite his high ankle sprain, had six carries for 44 yards. I mean, honestly, it didn't even look like, uh, apart from uh, his ankle being, uh, or uh, yeah, apart from his ankle being re-aggravated towards the uh, towards halftime, mm. it didn't really seem like it. It was much of a factor. Not at all. And then you had Jarek McKinnon with four carries for thirty-four yards, uh, and also Sky Moore had one carry for four yards as well. But. Uh, the main story, though, for Kansas City was their uh, was not not just uh, their offense receiving wise, but also they had they had a kickoff return, or technically it was a punt return by Kadarius Tony to start off the second half for sixty five yards. Mm. So not only did the Philadelphia defensive coordinator give up, but apparently the special teams coordinator did as well. Yeah. Uh, Going back to the receivers, though, Travis Kelsey, six catches, 81 yards, one touchdown. Not really much of a surprise. Kind of expected that from Kelsey. Juju Smith-Schuster, seven catches, 53 yards. This is the Juju Smith-Schuster that everybody saw in Pittsburgh. The same Juju Smith-Schuster that was a that that was a difference maker, 
And I mean, granted, he's no Tyreek Hill, but I agree. he was he was still very productive for Kansas City in this uh, in this Super Bowl. Apart from that, apart from those two, though. I mean, Justin Watson, two catches, 18 yards. Jarek McKinnon, three catches, 15 yards. Uh, you did have Kadarius Toney with a five-yard catch for a touchdown. Sky Moore with a four-yard catch for a touchdown. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was only targeted once, and he didn't even have a catch. Right. So, I mean, it, you know, this game could have been very easily won by Philly. If they had just clamped down in the second half like they did in the first. Mm. Yes. Uh, on Philly's side, receiving-wise, Devontae Smith, you know, everybody was saying uh, everybody was saying that, uh, you know, Devontae needs to get the ball more. Well, he really showed in the Super Bowl seven catches, 100 yards, one of those, you know, one of those catches. It's a shame that it didn't go in for a touchdown because he was he was a couple of yards shy of uh, of the end zone. Uh, AJ Brown, you had six catches for ninety six yards and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard, six catches for sixty yards. Then you had Kenneth Gainwell for four catches, twenty yards. Zach Pascal, two catches for eleven mm-hmm. yards. Uh, you had Boston Scott with a nine-yard catch and Quez Watkins for an eight-yard catch. Uh, the one thing that really hurt Philadelphia the most, though, was the scoop and score. The fumble by Jalen Hurts, which was oh, then recovered yeah. by Kansas City for a score in the, uh, in the I think it was the second quarter, maybe, that it might have uh, it it happened. Yes. I mean, ultimately, though, you know, this – it was a very winnable game for Philly. And it just seems like, you know, they – Yeah. I don't want to say that the referees had a uh, had a big – Right. You know, that, that they had a big part in this, but they kind of did. Maybe I mean yeah, that uh you know the referees they let a whole bunch of holding plays and and whatnot uh go by throughout the entire game on both sides uh the final penalties were six penalties for thirty three yards for Philly and three penalties for fourteen yards for Kansas City, so you know it seemed like they were letting a lot of things go. Until the yeah. very end, when Philadelphia was called in the uh, in the end zone for a holding penalty, and that basically set up Kansas City to where they could just, you know, uh, they they instead of uh, instead of punting it and giving Philadelphia a little bit of a chance to uh, potentially go down the field. Uh, I think it was like with a minute 30 left in the fourth quarter, to go down the field and potentially kick a field goal uh, that would have won them the Super Bowl, or at least tied it, I should say. Yes. Uh, Kansas City instead got the chance to run down the clock with a with a new set of downs and then kick the, kick the game-winning field goal. Yes. Which – uh, got a lot of people in an uproar 
considering the fact that uh, many people believe that, you know, that uh, that holding call should not have happened, considering the fact that they that the referees let a lot of stuff go throughout the duration of the game and waited until the very final two minutes to finally call some, to finally make a call like that. Uh, what are your thoughts, Lou, on on how the Super Bowl ultimately ended up? Well, I was saying, it felt like more like, you know, all right, so maybe in the beginning, it looked like uh, the Eagles were going to push away with it. You know, they were making their making was on offense. But I wasn't really uh, all that uh, surprised, even though that, uh, you know, they were, they were leading by 10. But I kind of knew that the game was far from over uh, for the Chiefs, and they were down like 10. Because I knew that, um, that Travis Kelsey and company were going were gonna to make some moves off it. So I knew, I knew the game was over. It's not more like a chess match in the second half, trying to make every move happening. And, you know, I, I really thought that was going to, play out. So I was not surprised by any of this um, at all. I knew it would be a high-scoring game. I knew the offenses would be up, especially in the second half. So it, it turned out exactly the way I thought it was going to go. I really did. Chiefs were not going to well, take get, one line down. Uh, let's, get, let's get Alex's thoughts on this. Alex, uh, welcome to the show. Right. Uh, we've, been, we've been talking about the uh, about the Super Bowl and also uh, the uh, the very questionable decision making by the refs where they basically let a whole bunch of holding calls go throughout the entire game right up until the very end where they then decide oh Kansas City's drive is stalling let's call the holding call close to the end zone and let uh, and allow them to run down the clock to then kick the game winning field goal yeah that was the ultimate kick in the groin at the end I mean Building up to that, the call, though, it's, unfortunately, it's really not what decided it for the Eagles. I think as a big Eagles fan, they're really conservative and scared uh, play calling in the second half defensively. Put them in that in that hole. Um, they had the pedal to the metal in the first half, and then they kind of eased up. And uh, we've seen it before with Jordan or Kobe, and then nothing different when you're facing the home. Like, you can't. If the lead isn't the, the lead can never be big enough because those guys just start coming back yeah. and then they're unstoppable. So I kind of right. I don't know about you guys, but once I saw them score right out of the half, I was like, oh, I almost knew what was going to happen. Game's so over. The call, the call, the call was totally ball breaking. I, I was, I was totally livid. But you know what I mean. In hindsight, uh, they shouldn't have even put themselves in that position. I thought the, right. the play calling was awful. And then. Um, just to kind of lead up to that, remember they punted in the fourth quarter. I know it would have been really ballsy, but, you know, the new uh, Sariani's been really ballsy, just like Doug Peterson, just like Andy Reid. They come from the same coaching tree. They go for it. They're, they really go for it on fourth downs. And it was like they, they, they were going to give it back to Mahomes. Then Mahomes did what a lot of people thought he would, and they won the game. Um, I thought they would have gone for it in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, it helped me sleep a little bit better at night because Bradbury admitted it, that it was a hold. I like that. That yeah, was a classy move by the Eagles corner. But, uh, you know, the, the call totally sucked, not to mention I, it was my biggest yeah. bet of my career. But I, just as an Eagles yeah. fan, I should have never even touched the game. But, it was just, yeah, I was, I was uh, really, really pissed off. But there was so much more than just that call, it, which makes it tough, but it is what it is. It was, oh, it was yeah, a yeah, hold. Yeah. 
it was a hold. I wish they hadn't have called it, but it wasn't. It wasn't totally. It wasn't a, a horrendous call. No, so, the thing that gets me though, Alex. The thing. The thing that gets me is the fact that they were letting holding calls go throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. And then they decided yeah. with the game on the line, with the game on the line, the referees then decided, oh no, now we're going to throw a flag because Kansas City's drive had yeah. stalled. So yeah, uh, and everyone wanted that ending too. That would have been great at the end. I mean, I wish I felt bad. Hertz played incredible. He played absolutely awesome, and that would have been great. The one last drive, but uh, it sucks because I'm an Eagles fan too. I hated the call, but then you know after the the emotions calm down a little bit it was a hold but you're also right they they weren't calling it all game yeah. and then they finally did it was you hate to see it either way they they should have they shouldn't have thrown the flag i mean at least um, be no. at least be consistent at least be yeah. consistent if you're going to call holding call it the entire game if you're not going to call right. holding then let it go yeah and for it to come in that spot where they literally what that's the hell such, you a kick in the, such a kick in the balls like to just be able to run the clock out like that in the Super Bowl, I was like, God, imagine Jalen Hurts. Like, he just wanted one more shot with the ball. Yeah, and and to be to be perfectly honest, I mean, Kansas City would have taken the lead anyways at that time. Yeah. You know, it, they were in field goal range. They would have taken the lead, thirty-eight, thirty-five. Jalen Hurts would have had about, I think, a minute and a half trying to yeah. try and make it into field goal range. I think it was like a minute fifty, a minute forty-five. It was around there, and two and two timeouts. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. But the way he was playing, they could have gone down there and who knows? They might have won it. Or they could have at least tied it up. Oh, it was gut wrenching. But like but like I said, those the the, the really, really timid, really pussified play calling. Like they they literally wouldn't like prevent defense. There was no blitzing. It was just so bad the second half. It was like I knew it was coming. And then we had like that glimmer of hope and then they called the holding. So yeah, was, uh, and tough second and, half. And, and and you know it's it's like I, it's like I said before you came on, Alex. Uh, Jonathan Gannon basically pulled a Matt Patricia, where he probably he probably he probably knew at the half that uh, Arizona was looking to interview him to be their head coach. So oh, wow. he did what so he did what Matt Patricia did in the second half uh, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Patricia stopped giving a shit at the uh, at the second half or at half, focusing more on oh okay, uh, which coaches am I going to bring with me to uh, you know to to Detroit or in this case to Arizona, and that's exactly what I I believe Jonathan Gannon did because that Philadelphia defense looked completely different in that second yep. half, and they built they prided themselves on really being aggressive and relentless all year and I don't know what the hell I mean come on they did not even touch a hobbled Patrick Mahomes like one time they did not get to him at all they didn't it was like they just had the same play call in the whole game and then they had two wide open receivers in the fourth quarter a terrible punt in the fourth quarter I mean a total meltdown a total meltdown on the biggest stage of all oh yeah it's pathetic it, they had it. it. They it's had honestly, that game. It's honestly pathetic. If they played that game ten times, I think they'd win seven. Uh, the way they were playing, and then the Hurts fumble. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles could have been up uh, seventeen or twenty-one at the half. 
with a good yeah. defensive coordinator. I mean, I think they would beat them seven out of ten times. They lost that half. They got and now John. Now Jonathan Gannon is the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Five-year deal. Yep. A five-year five deal that he signed. What has he proven? Oh yeah, and he's gonna do. He's gonna work one with, uh, with uh, Kyler Murray. He's like a, 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 a really an unproven defensive coordinator. He got exposed in the Super Bowl, and then they give him a five-year deal. What? <laughs> I, it's the same thing that happened that with sense. Patricia. It's make the same it thing sense. that happened with the same thing that happened with Patricia, except the difference is Patricia had won a Super Bowl before with the Patriots. Exactly. So. And Gannon shot the bed, and also Gannon had like you know eight, you know seven or eight huge additions to his defense. He had like an all-pro roster on his defense. Still didn't perform in the Super Bowl, and then he gets the head coaching job. Wow. Yeah. Good luck, Arizona. Yeah. And also, not just not just that, but also they did lose Shane Steckin. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, I said that right. Uh, you did the, expect that, didn't we? Though. I did expect that. Yes, I expected yeah. them to lose Stecken uh, to uh, to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I did not expect them to lose Gannon after the way that Gannon had uh, after the after the way Gannon blew that Super Bowl in the second half. I did not expect them to lose Gannon, but I expected them to lose. Uh, Steichen, that's his name. Steichen. Yeah, Steichen. Right. Yeah, and I guess the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles really like. Uh, he's like really good friends with Jalen Hurts too. Their quarterback coach Brian Johnson. He's literally yep. like they're going to just slide him right into offensive coordinator. Yep, that's so, what it looks like. Really, and I mean, also it looks like uh, it looks like Vance Joseph. They're eyeing for defensive coordinator. I it, they they I'm telling you they'll lose like Bradbury and a couple of the high press free agents. I think Kelsey will be back. Hertz is just getting started. That was Sirianni, the head coach's first time that deep. I mean, I, I know I'm biased, but I can easily see – not easily. I, they have a good shot – a great shot of maybe getting back there next year. They're not going anywhere. I mean, they're, they're going to keep their core together. Hopefully they upgrade the defensive coordinator. And, uh, you know, what are you, Niners? I mean, the NFC is just not nearly as strong as the AFC. So, yeah, and here's here's something here's a potential stumbling here's a potential stumbling block though. Uh okay. Jalen Hurts, according to Dan Graziano of ESPN, uh Jalen Hurts is uh, his next contract is looking like fifty million per season. <laughs> AKA the Patrick Mahomes contract. Hey, gotta do it. I I, I don't think anyone thought he was yeah, performing that incredibly. He's twenty. He just turned twenty-four years old. I mean, yeah, you got you got to pay him, right? Not, you, do, yeah. you do, yeah. You do. You do, yes. But fifty million per season. That you do. It's absurd. Yeah, so they're going to lose a lot defensively. You, you can't you can't keep all these guys. You can't keep everyone. But I mean, it's um, almost like he, he can write his own. He's a blank check. Like he can call his own. There's hands yeah. tied. They got to pay him what he wants. Right. By uh, by the way, a, a quick update here. Uh, Damian Lillard is the three point contest champion for 2023. So uh, he outlasts Ty, uh, Tyrese uh, Halliburton and uh, Buddy Heald for the nice. three point contest. Thank you for taking the salt out of the wounds and, and shifting off the Eagles' uh, meltdown. I appreciate that. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I just, I, I literally, I, I, I just, uh, oh, yeah. I just saw it right on the, uh, right on my Twitter feed. I'm glad uh, I could, but, like, I, I'm glad I could shed my thoughts on the Eagles, but yeah, it was just, it was a long week. Going to bed that night was awful. I was like, come on. Yeah. And you're right. Gannon already had his uh, plane ticket and his, uh, his new house in Arizona all set. He didn't really care much. Oh, the Eagles no. fans, the players cared. But you know, uh, I'll give I'll give Pat Mahomes credit here. At least he isn't yeah. a complete douchebag like uh, a certain teammate of his. Uh, we'll, call, we'll call you know Travis Kelsey. You know, I thought Patrick Mahomes would have the ego. No, Kelsey yeah. is the one who has the gigantic fucking ego. The uh, yeah. the amount of. Sh- with the amount of shit talking that he was doing at the end, I mean, my God, dude, act like you've won before. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's and and to win like that, plus against his brother, they didn't exactly blow them out, or like it wasn't like this incredible heroic victory at the end. They kind of like squeaked it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, he just plus against going against his brother, he was like rubbing it in relentlessly. Pretty weird. Pretty pretty classless by uh, Travis. What was that, Lou? What do you think? Brother against brother, brother against brother. You know, sibling rivalry. What's new about that? Nothing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it is a, it is a sibling rivalry, but at yeah. the same time, though, at the same time, you know, he's talking about he's talking about how uh, about how everybody did, everybody thought that the Chiefs were done and yada yeah. yada. Right, right. I mean, come on, come on, dude. Act like you've been there before. You know. Yeah. I mean, Pat Mahomes. You know, Pat Mahomes. I mean, I give him credit. He 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 gave a lot better of an interview than uh, than Kelsey did once Kelsey got a hold of the uh, of the mic. Right. Yeah. He's he's but, uh, he was he was going overboard. He was talking a lot of crap. Now let me yeah. pose this question though. Let me pose this question because uh this is this immediately came up as soon as Patrick Mahomes was named the Super Bowl MVP. Is Patrick Mahomes now the greatest quarterback of all time? No. Brady is. I've heard of you gotta opinion. Gotta wait five or seven or eight or nine or ten years though. Yeah, who knows? I I don't know, man. The, again, the, the the AFC is so loaded, but I mean, if he gets like five Super Bowls or four, if he gets like two more or one more, I don't know. You think he is? Brady has a better resume. I mean, Brady yeah, has does. a better resume, but I I will say about about Patrick Mahomes though, uh, Patrick Mahomes got better. Uh, he got the accolades a lot quicker. Than Brady has, than Brady did. He has, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know, he just did it quicker, but that doesn't mean he's better. True. Yeah. I'm. Uh. You know. I mean, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, and he's also the MVP of those two Super Bowls. Uh, He's also a two-time NFL MVP so far in his uh, in his career. I mean, the difference between him and Brady is Brady won the Super Bowl three times in his first five years. Mahomes right. did it two times. Yeah. So I think they're jumping I'm, the gun a bit. 
yeah, uh, but I, you know, I mean, maybe maybe that's not too much of a difference. Uh, well, but still, I mean, come on, Brady has won seven Super Bowls. Mahomes has won two. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's true. It, there's one there, around there's that count. Why would I say six? There's one around that you know, there, There's a drastic difference right now between between Brady and Mahomes. Mahomes still has – now, that's not saying Mahomes can't do it. He most certainly could do it. Oh, of course. But, you know, he still has a lot – he still has a lot of uh, a lot of time to make up. Yeah, but you know, with Brady no longer playing, I mean, the it's basically why it's basically wide open for Mahomes to try. I mean, Mahomes is twenty seven. He's got, you know, we don't we don't know we don't know uh, when his uh, when his play may drop off at all. Uh, probably. Probably, probably into his thirties, it'll probably drop off. Three years. Uh, what, what, how, how long do you think, Lou? Three years. Once the player hits thirty, they start to lose it. So, um, you know, I would say you're well, at least three years. I mean, it could be like about maybe five, but I'm gonna say three because when you hit that certain age, you do start to deteriorate. You do, yeah. You you do. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously Mahomes. It's it's completely different right now with Mahomes. The way he's the way he's playing. I mean, granted, he's in the middle of the prime of his career. Uh, it's. I mean, he's doing he's doing stuff that can only be done in in the Madden video game right now. Right. So. I mean, obviously, you know, there there is this, there is the chance that maybe perhaps. Uh, you know he can catch up to Brady. I mean, it, it, if Kansas City is able to remain uh, consistent, consistently uh, competitive, Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's he's not going to have he's only going to have Travis Kelsey probably for a couple of more years because uh, Kelsey's getting up there in age. You know, Kelsey is uh, thirty three. He's going to be thirty four next October. So. Uh-huh. You know he's probably going to only have Kelsey for a few more years, and you know another thing too is that they were saying, they were saying last night that or not last night, uh, the night of the Super Bowl after they won, that Kelsey is the greatest tight end of all time. Uh-huh. And to that I say, uh, to that I say, uh, Tony Gonzalez, Shannon Sharp, and. Uh, yeah, That's Rob Gronkowski also have, have something to uh, to say to him. Also, it's going to be really hard for them to get back. I mean, I I don't know. The AFC is a lot more. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, they're they're both yes. two. Yes. I don't know. Obviously, Mahomes is the class of that game? that group, but I mean, they're three or four heavyweights in the AFC. And also, you never know. You know, you know, you never know. Uh, Justin Herbert, if he ever gets a uh, competent coach, uh, yeah. Herbert Herbert could really uh, could really make some moves uh, offensively. If the Chargers would ever get a competent coach uh, calling plays, well, and, and I think the I think the Patriots will be back sooner than people realize. I mean, the AFC is it's amazing. It, it just seems a lot stronger because, like the Rams, several teams, the Packers. 
the Seahawks used to be awesome. Several of the traditional power weights and then the AFC. Yeah, you know, like that's flush. the AFC is just like loaded with uh young really good young quarterbacks like Herbert, like you said. Burrow, yeah, Allen, that, Mahomes. Amazing. Uh, that's another that's another thing too. You don't know what the what the you mentioned the Patriots. You don't know what they're going to be like with Mac Jones yeah. uh, now getting the chance to work under an actual offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe he bounces back and he has the step up year that he was supposed to have this year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's there's gonna there's gonna be. Uh, obviously change around the league and, and by the way i have i have heard whispers i don't know if this is uh true or not but i've heard whispers that the patriots are apparently uh are apparently looking around the niners for debo samuel i don't know if that's true but uh obviously that could just be a story that's being reported by boston media but that's uh that's something that's being uh that's making their way around the rumor mill. Weird. So, I don't know why the owners would want to trade him. Uh, because of his salary. Because he, you know, when, when his contract comes up, he's going to be wanting a massive uh, pay raise. Oh yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, they're not really in a position to. Uh, to give him the money that he wants when you consider all the talent that they have on that roster. Yeah, that's another team. That's, they've been acting like Travis Kelsey. Several of them have been talking a lot about how they should have won. They would have kicked the crap out of the Eagles if they had a quarterback. The Eagles played a lot better against San Fran than they, than they did against KC. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not really sure I agree. I'm not really sure I agree that San Francisco would have won if they had a healthy Brock Purdy because Purdy seemed to be struggling. So before he got injured, you know, Purdy seemed to be struggling. So I'm not I'm not all that uh convinced. Neither am I. Uh by the way, a, a little stat from the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts tied Jim McMahon. Uh, from Super Bowl twenty as the only quarterbacks to have two or more rushing touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Okay. So there is that. Uh, also, uh, a- Andy Reid, the uh, now two-time Super Bowl winning coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, has said he is not planning to retire following their win. Uh, I guess it, basically he he. In an interview with Jay Glazer, he said it would be it would be uh, he he wasn't saying no, but it would it would be something he would have to look at, considering the fact that uh, he's still working with a young quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, and you know who knows how much longer, uh, you know that the team would uh, would remain competitive, so. I mean, obviously, you know, the team is going to remain competitive, but the question is, would it be worth it for Andy Reid to continue on as head coach and for how much longer, basically? Because it sounds to me like Andy Reid doesn't want to still be in there if, you know, Kansas City isn't going to be a perennial contender every single year. 
No. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's one thing I did not get whatsoever. Uh, Washington has hired Eric Bieniemy, the two-time uh, the two-time Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs as their offensive coordinator. Now, granted, uh, I get I, I get it. It's a little bit of a uh, of an upgrade because it comes also with the title of assistant head coach, which would basically mean that he's going to replace Ron Rivera whenever Ron Rivera retires. But wouldn't the better play have been to stay in Kansas City? Yeah. I mean, seriously, you look at you look at Kansas City, where you've had all this success. And you look at at Washington. Are you really telling me that that a guy like Eric Bieniemy would rather go to? I, I mean, I get it. Okay, you know, he wants to prove himself elsewhere. I guess because uh, you know a lot of people believe that he doesn't that he isn't whoa that he isn't responsible for. Mm-hmm. Their uh, for their super for their two Super Bowls, and that it was all Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, well, I mean it's one step closer for him to get to a head coaching position because Rivera's not going to last forever. Hopefully, his health remains okay, but also, uh, you know, if they keep suffering losing seasons, he's one step closer to becoming a head coach. He might be able to just take over the reins there within two years, and he's an assistant head coach, so he's getting a salary bump, and he gets to uh. I guess apparently I was reading today he's going to be uh, calling the plays. So he's going to be able to showcase his abilities more. But, I mean, plus, if if he does wonders with them, then he'll become a lot more marketable to the whole league. He should have already had a job, but, I mean. Uh, true. There is kind of a – it's like kind of a bullshit promotion, but he's getting more responsibilities mm-hmm. and more money. I mean, look at – how does he not get a job at, over Gannon, who just – I don't know how he gets a job over the enemy. Answer? Yeah. Answer, and this is being a very serious answer, because he's black. Yep. And the, league, and the league is and the league is full of racist owners. Good old boys. By the way, you know, I, I was I was uh I was completely dissing the slam dunk competition earlier tonight. Oh my God, that dunk by Mac McClung just now. Dunking over two guys on top of each, uh, you know, uh, one guy, one guy was on another dude's shoulders, and McClung just did a, just did a dunk uh, over both of them. The short, maybe the shortest dude in the entire competition. Yeah. Wow. And and here and here I bashed the uh the slam dunk competition to start off tonight's show. But yeah, you know, uh with with being the Emmy, I I mean I guess I can you know, I guess I can I can look at it that way that you know he has a chance to prove himself in in Washington and you know, prove that okay uh, Kansas City's success wasn't all 
you know, what wasn't wasn't all Patrick Mahomes and that I was responsible for it too. But I mean, Kansas City, they've now replaced him with Matt Nagy. So uh I think it's going to be a completely different offense in Kansas City next year uh with how with how that offense had been run under Emmy, And considering Matt Nagy as a head coach, I would not be surprised if Kansas City takes a step back next year. They're in favor to win, but nah, you're probably right. I, I mean, it's... Uh, Nagy. And from what, <laughs> from what it sounds like, too, it sounds like yeah. Nagy... It sounds like Nagy is. They are propping him up to be Andy Reid's successor. <laughs> and once again, I bring up. I bring up once again, I bring up this reason: why not be in the Emmy and instead Nagy? Well, Nagy is white. Be in the Emmy uh-huh. is black. The end. Yeah. Pathetic. That may sound. That may sound racist on my part, but it's. That's the reality. Very sad. Because otherwise, you know, if 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 Andy Reid is set to retire in a few years, wouldn't you think being the Emmy would have stayed? Yes. Yeah. That right there just tells me that Kansas City was not, uh, you know, was not going to have being the Emmy as their as their next head coach. If uh, if Andy Weed or if Andy Reid were to retire, yeah, Matt Nagy's pathetic too. That's ridiculous. The hell is that guy proven? Well, he's proven he can destroy the career of a uh, of a promising young uh, quarterback. He was absolutely terrible in Chicago. Very strange. Mm-hmm. What guy doing here now? <laughs> So, I mean, you know, it's it, it's very it's very weird the, the this whole entire situation. You know, being the Emmy has has uh, you know he he's auditioned for so many head coaching opportunities, and it's it's staggering, quite frankly, the fact that he still hasn't gotten a head coaching opportunity yet. Oh, absolutely. I think I'll but, eventually become Andrew's head coach. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, he, I know. He, he probably will be Washington's uh, head coach whenever Rivera decides to call it quits. But at the same time, though, I mean, you can't, you couldn't have been put in a in a worse position. You know, to to coach to coach for an organization like the Commanders, who, I mean, they've sh- they've shown they have a history of showing that they don't give a fuck about people. Period. I mean, hell, that's why they that's why they had that whole uh, that whole investigation into workplace conduct. Yeah. Among other things. Yeah, not exactly a dream destination, but you know, no. he started yeah, at least he's one step closer. It still sucks, but he was done with uh, 
that he just suspected. I mean, he took a slight a slight step up, I guess. But again, it's gone from the Chiefs to the Commanders, so uh, yeah, it's it's not exactly ideal. Uh, another th- another uh, thing coming out of uh, the Super Bowl, uh, Chiefs backup quarterback Chad Henney has officially announced his retirement after 15 seasons in the league. Uh, He had been the backup to Pat Mahomes the last five seasons. Uh, Now following a second Super Bowl ring, he is now uh, the, he is now the, uh, the newest player to retire from the league this year. Uh, Formerly the 57th overall pick of the 2008 draft, uh, obviously, he had started his career as the Dolphins starter for mo- for most of tw- of 2009 to 2013, but had more interceptions than touchdowns during that time span. And then eventually, he just he ended up settling as just being a backup. So, uh, I mean, you know what? Uh, can't can't think of any better of a way to go out than you know getting two Super Bowls uh, under uh, under the newest, greatest of all time, Pat Mahomes. Yeah. But job. He got a, went along for the ride, got a couple of rings, several million dollars. Now he can uh, yeah. ride up into sunset. Yeah. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter has reported that Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson will undergo surgery to repair a torn adductor muscle that he had suffered earlier in the season. Uh, He had played throughout the entirety of the postseason with the torn adductor muscle. Uh, So now heading into the offseason, he should have ample time to recover ahead of OTAs and should be in line for a full recovery before next season starts. And it is worth noting that he is under contract with the Eagles through 2026. So uh, he is still going to be an Eagle for quite a while uh, moving forward. That's that's the incredible line. He hasn't given up a sack all year. He has some amazing stats. He's considered the best right tackle. So yeah, he's part of the core. He played uh yeah. he played injured all year. He played injured all year pretty much. And you know, he's still from what it seems like he, he still has some meaningful years ahead. Uh I yeah. mean he's he is thirty two years old, so uh he'll be about thirty five by the time his contract expires. Also having been so close. I don't think Jason Kelsey, their star, their star captain center, is going to retire. He'll come back one more time. I don't think run. so. He'll come back one nope. more time. I, uh, I'd be surprised if Kelsey, uh, if Jason Kelsey retires. I mean, besides San Fran, I mean, come on. Dallas, may, may, Dallas might be in the mix, but, I mean, they, they can get back there next year. It's going to take a lot of hard work, but. I think they're going to give it one more run. They're going to try to keep the roster as close as possible. They have to have two, two first-round picks. So they, oh, they, can replace a couple guys with a, they can replace a couple guys with a good draft and get, get back out there, do it again, try to do it again. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they should. They really should uh, try to go for one more run. Uh, matter of fact. I wouldn't doubt it. 
I mean, t- you know, taking a look at the free agent list here, uh, you do have Fletcher Cox hitting free agency. You have Robert Quinn hitting free agency. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of names. I'll, I'll just go down the list here. You have Cox, you got Quinn, you got Brandon Graham, you got Javon Hargrave, uh, Kelsey will hit free agency, James Bradbury, Isaac Sumalo, Andre Dillard, Nadamakan Sue, Linval Joseph, Boston Scott, uh, Miles Sanders is also hitting free agency, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah, they got a lot of work uh, I mean, these guys. They have they have a lot of good young linemen, and, and like I said, they have the, the draft picks, so they'll probably replace like they'll probably draft two linemen in the first round. Fox is kind of yeah. old. Um, last draft they had a, they added um, Jordan Davis from Georgia and a couple other really good linemen, so they're kind of ready. Like Kelsey has a really good backup center waiting for him to replace him if he retires. So they're kind of. What I'm saying is, even if a lot of those guys leave, they have some good backups ready. And right. they're going to replenish. They're going to try to replenish. They have a lot of draft picks too, so I don't think there's going to be much of a drop off. And then if they have a, 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 they can find a defensive coordinator with a sack who, who actually wants to blitz and be aggressive, then they'll be better off than they did this year. Yeah. Now, if you take a look at Kansas City, though, you want to talk about people getting paid. Juju Smith-Schuster is a free agent. He's going to get paid. McCall Hardman is a free agent. He's going to get paid. Yeah. You got uh, Orlando Brown Jr., their left tackle. Uh, He's expected – I mean, he made about 16.6 mil this year. He's probably going to stay around that that range. Uh, You know, there's there's a couple of people – that if they do decide to resign him, you know, Jarek McKinnon is another potential option for a uh, for a payday. Uh, they have a couple people that if they choose to resign with Kansas City, Kansas City may not have enough space unless they're willing to yeah. take pay cuts. Yeah, yeah, they might have some new well, but they have Pacheco, they have uh, Sol Kadarius Tony from the Giants. Who terrorized yep. the Eagles? Jesus. So they they have they have pieces and they have Sky Moore. They have some good young receivers. Juju Juju <clears throat> Juju looks a lot different without without Antonio Brown. He really didn't do much at all, and he was another guy talking all that shit after the game. I think he had one catch. Yep. So yeah, I mean, but that, you know, I'm, I don't those think guys, those I'm, guys those guys are those guys are replaceable. Those you know, though, I don't you, think that the, I don't think guys. they can I don't think they can let McCall Hardman go. No, well, I mean, but he didn't play in the Super Bowl. He gets injured a lot. I know he's a good weapon, but I don't know, man. They they, they plug in these different guys that perform, so they can still have Kadarius Tony next year, receiver. Um, Guy Moore, true. Scantling. I don't know. They have like all these revolving, the, the rotating receivers, or they might add another receiver. Who knows? They might draft another one. I don't know. As long as you got Mahomes and Kelsey. True. I mean, they lost Tyree. They lost Tyree Kill. And they didn't have Hardman in the Super Bowl. Jesus. They, it, they always have weapons. McKinnon would be a big loss. Oh. Oh, my God. That, okay. You know, I said I said so much shit about, about the, the slam dunk, but Mac McClung tonight. Good God. 
What's now he just it? did a two a two handed windmill dunk. Oh TNT. Let's see. Oh my God. Some of these dunks that he's doing tonight so far. I mean, man. All right, I got to bring this up since, you know, obviously I'm watching Elimination Chamber right now for the WWE. I got to bring this up because uh, after watching watching SmackDown last night, uh, yeah, uh, last night, uh, obviously tonight is in Montreal, Canada. Uh, they have Roman Reigns defending the uni- or the uh, undisputed Universal Championship against Sami Zayn, who hails from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, I've seen many ovations. I've heard many ovations over the years from wrestling crowds. Last night may have been the biggest ovation I think I've heard out of a wrestling crowd for one single star since Hulk Hogan got an ovation, got the uh, standing ovation uh, after WrestleMania 18 in 2002 from the Montreal, Quebec, Canada crowd. I mean, last night, last night was, I, I, I think, I think they may have, they may have had Sami Zayn stand in the ring for five minutes while the entire crowd was basically giving him the loudest standing ovation possible and chanting his name to where he couldn't even get a single word in. Uh, just gonna, Obviously, as I'm watching tonight, the WWE has a legitimate opportunity to make a gigantic star out of Sami Zayn here. Now, obviously, Roman, Roman Reigns' uh, record 900-plus day title reign is on the line. But the roof will absolutely explode off of the Bell Center if they have Sami Zayn upset Roman Reigns and be crowned the new champion. I mean, I'm just yeah, it's, a, a it's on. A, wow, it's on. It's on uh, the uh, Peacock Network on uh, oh, cool. on streaming. I happen to have that, but that's that's cool to to hear about. And I was I was just looking around. That are the Capitals playing outside tonight? Uh yes, mm-hmm. against the uh, the Hurricanes. Wow, and then All Star game. Jeez, a lot going on. Or sorry, I mean, yeah, I just. I, I just felt like bringing that up, though, because, you know, yeah. uh, Hulk Hogan, that was back when Hulk Hogan faced off against The Rock and what they called it, Icon versus Icon. And, you know, basically everybody, you know, it, it was basically Hulk Hogan's first singles matchup uh, since leaving WCW. And everybody was wondering back then, did Hogan still have it? Did Hogan... Uh, you know, what, was he a, still a, a legitimate uh, threat or had wrestling passed him by? Then he had that big he had that big match with Rock, and he ended up winning yeah. the fans back. Got a huge ass standing ovation uh, the very next night from the Montreal crowd, which 
to the uh, up until last night, that was maybe the biggest reaction I had ever heard from a wrestling crowd. Yeah. Then, then I heard Sami Zayn, uh, the reaction to Sami Zayn coming out last night, and I got to tell you know I just got to say if if they end up giving him the titles tonight and having him beat Roman Reigns, that entire roof is going to fucking explode. Ah, probably. Bloody and Huh? Uh, they probably why'd you take an outrage if this uh, goes away? What do you think? Uh, well, well, let's uh, let's just put it this way: Montreal has already prepared for a potential riot if he doesn't win. They uh, normally Montreal normally Montreal they sell that when they sell beer at the stadium they sell they yeah. use a. Uh, you know they sell them in bottles in those uh right. in those uh Budweiser bottles and whatnot yeah. they've replaced it they've replaced all beer tonight with plastic cups huh. not to mention extra security has been hired so yeah. tells you what they're expecting yeah yeah you're probably right well be prepared people because the last time the last time there was a Canadian riot was when the Vancouver Canucks lost the Stanley Cup to the Boston Bruins back in 2011. Remember that. Remember that. So, yeah, if you get the lost in front of the whole crowd, so what do you expect? Yeah. So there's a there's a distinct possibility especially with this being in Sami Zayn's hometown of Montreal, Quebec, Canada, that there could be a potential riot if he does not win tonight. So, okay. And Roman Reigns, uh, the heel who has supposedly, you know, who, who has captivated uh, fans around the league, or you know, around wrestling, with his new persona as the tribal chief, is now getting. I can't say he's getting John Cena heat uh, from One Night Stand of 2006. It's not at that right. level, but uh, he is universally booed tonight in the Bell you Center, which is very odd for his title reign. Mm-hmm. Anyways, though. Moving on. Uh, oh, come on. Let us go to the NHL as we have a trade to talk about. The Toronto Maple Leafs have completed a blockbuster trade, a three-team deal between the Maple Leafs, the Minnesota Wild, and the St. Louis Blues. Uh, in the deal, Toronto has yeah. acquired the captain of the St. Louis Blues, Ryan, o- or Ryan O'Reilly, along with veteran forward Noel Acciari and prospect Josh Pilar. In exchange, St. Louis has received prospects Mikhail a- Abramov, Adam Gaudet, Toronto's first-round pick in this year's draft, 
Ottawa's third round pick in this year's draft, Toronto's second round pick in next year's draft, and Minnesota also received Toronto's fourth round pick in 2025. And as part of this deal, St. Louis will retain 50% of O'Reilly's remaining salary, while Minnesota will retain 25%. So Toronto is only on, is only on the hook for 25% of his remaining salary for this year. And, I mean, this is a pretty significant trade for a team that's finally try, that's trying to finally get past the first round of the NHL playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, where it seems like that's where they've been stuck in purgatory for pretty much the last few decades. Right. And right now, assuming there are no major changes in the standings, What's that, Lou? I'm getting reports from my colleagues right now about this. Well, it looks like uh, now, uh, you know, right now that the Maple Leafs need all the help they can get because it looks like, in all likelihood, their first round matchup will be against no, Tampa I'm, I'm Bay. About the, about the rest of the uh, WWE the, that match. Oh, you're hearing about the WWE? Yeah, I'm getting reports of with the uh, Reigns one. I'm getting, I'm getting reports from my colleagues. Oh, uh, what in particular? Well, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of um, comment, commentary. Like, Roman is out there without on the bloodline. Yeah, Roman is out there without the bloodline. Hmm. He will turn you yep. around him. If I was saying, he told Jimmy and Jay, stay home. Damn. Yes, that's right. All that. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and it's kind of interesting, though, that you bring that up, Lou, uh, because last week, Jimmy and Jay Uso, or Jimmy Uso, I should say, was told to to stay home and watch because there are certain things that you can see while watching a show that you can't see there live. Right. Uh, that was basically an excuse that was made uh, because of Jimmy Uso's uh, DUI problems that have basically barred him from entering Canada. Uh, that's basically the main reason there. However, Jay Uso is reportedly at the arena. Though I do find it interesting that he did not that that nobody of the bloodline came out with Roman except for Paul Heyman, uh, right. the manager. So, I mean, my honest thought about this is that they're probably going to have it to where Jey Uso costs Sami Zayn the title, and Roman ends up retaining. That's just my thought. Uh, if you think that's ready. I mean, basically, it's going to set up Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens uh, against the Usos for the tag titles at WrestleMania. That's that's my general feeling about this. But yeah. you know, I I I honestly I think it would be a mistake if WWE doesn't somehow capitalize on the momentum that Sami Zayn has going right now and. 
I mean, it, it, honestly, it it just it wouldn't really make sense it, story wise for there to have been friction within the bloodline stable, and then all of a sudden, for Jey Uso to then randomly decide, oh yeah, I didn't mean anything when I walked out on the bloodline at at the Royal Rumble, <laughs> and uh, and instead I'm just gonna help the I'm gonna help Roman win here at. Uh, at elimination chamber, it you know it just it doesn't really make sense. So right. then again, though WWE is infamously known for doing shit that doesn't make sense. No <laughs> So I wouldn't be surprised Why at all. But I mean, right now though, the main event is, for WrestleMania is right now Cody Rhodes uh, versus Roman Reigns. So. Because uh, Cody, their 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 whole story they're doing is that uh, Dusty Rhodes, his father, uh, could never win the big one. He could never win the main title, and they're trying to basically do the story of Cody being able to do what his father couldn't. Um, yeah. However, though the rising popularity of Sami Zayn. Uh, ever since he got involved in the bloodline stable, uh, that has kind of thrown a wrench into things and kind of made a question as to whether or not uh, it will actually be Roman Reigns with the title at at WrestleMania or if it'll be Sami Zayn or maybe Sami Zayn gets inserted after losing tonight and it'll be a triple threat match at WrestleMania. We don't know. Yeah. But uh, needless to say, though, this was supposed to be a B-rated pay-per-view. Like, nobody cares about B-rated shows. They only care about, a, like, A-rated shows. Like, the, the big four pay-per-views, yeah. as they call it. Uh, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give Triple H this. He did what Vince McMahon has had a hard time doing the last couple of decades, and that was actually generating interest in a non-major pay-per-view. So we'll see exactly what's going to happen here. By the way, Mac McClung has won the NBA dunk contest. Mr. Mac. If he, if he's in, he's in the G League, I assume because he's not on the NBA roster. Oh, he is, yeah. he is on an NBA roster. He's oh, like on a ten day. He he's on like a ten day contract. Oh, he's okay. a, he's with uh he's with Phoenix uh not Phoenix uh Philly. Oh okay. Yeah. He's with Philly, but it—I think it's like a ten. I think it's like a either a ten-day deal or maybe it's a two-way contract. I forget. I think it's uh, a contract. But you know, j- just regardless, though, it's you know, it's not really it, it, the thing that the thing that I hate is is the fact that you know they could have had so many other people uh, do a. Uh, you know, do the dunk contest. And yeah. instead, the winner is somebody who is – and actually, yeah, it is a 10-day contract that he was on. Oh, so, okay. 
yeah, you have a you have your dunk contest being won by a ten day player. Well, I th- you know that's the big problem I have with it. You know, it just it doesn't even mean the contest doesn't even mean anything anymore. You want to it? Well, because you don't have it, you don't have the best of the you don't have Dominique going against Bud Webb and Michael Jordan. I mean, it's, I hate to say it, there's still some awesome player, uh, awesome dunkers, but totally watered down. A lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like you, you don't have Dwight Howard out there anymore. You don't have uh, I, I, honestly the dunk contest Carter, died. The dunk Carter, contest Tracy died Brady. after those after those last two seasons that. Uh, that Aaron Gordon was in the dunk contest. That's basically oh, yeah. when the dunk contest died. A lot of the best guys, just I, for whatever reason, they just don't do it. I'd love to go out there and show my shit if, you know, I was elite like that. Yeah. It's lost, it's lost a lot of its uh, luster. They're, they just don't want to, I don't know. in the world would love to compete against each other. Now it's like people are like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a try. You know, mostly backup players, <laughs> not, yeah. not the real big name guys. Yeah, I just, I, you know, that's that's why I didn't, honestly, I didn't even watch, why I wasn't even watching tonight. You know, I'm literally just seeing highlights on Twitter right now. And the reason why is because, like, literally, there's nothing tonight. Like, there's no, I mean, the three-point contest had the, had the biggest names. Right. Yeah. So... Anyways, though, uh, yeah, back to back to the NHL. Uh, so what that Ryan O'Reilly deal? I mean, honestly, it's just it's another one of those deals that's gonna basically continue the domino effect here because we're still waiting on a deal involving uh, Jacob Chitrin, uh with Arizona as. There's still a few teams in the mix there, uh, L.A., Boston. Uh, there's also Vladislav uh, Gavrikov that, uh, that is uh, still yet to be moved as well. Uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. There's quite a few people on the, uh, on the list that are set to be moved at some point, either before the deadline or at the deadline, uh, that – you know, it it just it seems like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of moving parts that are still yet to uh, that are still yet to move here uh, involving the NHL. But you know, in Toronto's case, I mean, they are missing a pretty significant portion of their draft picks this year. I mean, their yeah. first draft pick this year is in the third round. Wow, and that's pretty significant that you're missing the first two rounds of what is considered to be a stacked draft class this year. So, I mean, if you're Toronto, uh, and Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Acciari are considered rentals in this deal, they're only on, uh, you know, they're they're free agents at the end of the year, so. 
Toronto, you better you better damn well make sure that uh, you know. Obviously, you know they're doing all they can to try and uh, be the one to surpass Boston, who uh, destroyed uh, the Islanders earlier today, six to two. Uh, you know, there, uh, every team seems to be loading up uh, in this trade market to essentially be the team to finally, t- you know, to, that'll be good enough to topple Boston. But, I mean, honestly, though, I'm looking at the numbers. Boston still leads the league uh, nine points nine points ahead of Carolina. But, I mean, goal differential. They have a goal differential of 90. 90 goals separates mm-hmm. the amount of goals scored compared to the amount of goals allowed. Yes. They're 42-8-5 this year through 55 games. And they're on pace right now to tie the record all time in the NHL. It's just, honestly, it's astounding. You know, I can only think of a couple of contenders this year for the NHL, for the Stanley Cup. I think Boston is one, obviously. I think Carolina is one. I think New Jersey is potentially one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got to throw Vegas in there. You know, I just I don't know with the the way that the the way that the league looks like right now. It just seems like it's so. It seems like there's still a lot of. There's going to have to be a lot of moves made at the deadline for teams to potentially be able to keep pace with teams like Boston and Carolina. You know, if they expect to be uh, to be in it towards the uh, towards the end of the season. Yeah. But uh. And by the way, in that st- in that stadium series right now, uh, outside uh, Carolina leads Washington four to nothing. And yep. speaking of which, uh, speaking of Washington, they will be without their captain and the best player on their team, Alexander Ovechkin, for wow. for quite a while, uh, due to the death of his father. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? He currently leads Washington with 32 goals and 54 assists. Uh, it's unknown right now as far as to when he will return, but he will be out for the foreseeable future as he uh, heads back to Russia uh, to be with his family. But I mean, that's a you know that's a significant blow. To uh, to a Washington team that's looking to still remain in the uh, in the playoff chase here, as they're about a point out of the wild card spots, and obviously, uh, you know, with the Islanders' loss earlier today, this was Washington's chance to be able to climb back into that wild into uh, that final wild card spot, but. Right now, it looks like the Islanders will just hang in there uh, with Washington losing 4 nothing right now. So, 
So, I mean, Steve, I'll call in a couple of minutes. I got to jump for like ten minutes. I'll call you. I'll call back in in a little bit. All right, Alex. Thanks, man. Yep. All right. So, I mean, Lou, let's you know, let's get your thoughts. Who do you think has surprised you the most so far uh, in this NHL season through fifty-five games? Uh, who do you think who, who has surprised you the most? I'm not going to say it's because of this transfer from New Jersey, but it's because of how it's been the last few years. I think the biggest surprise would be the Devils. They haven't made the playoffs for the last uh, six out of the last seven years, but they have really stepped up this year. Hughes has been, you know, become a player that we've expected finally. You know, he wasn't so great his first uh, few seasons, but he has really stepped up this season and has really made an impact for the Devils team. So uh, my biggest surprise so far is, has been New Jersey Devil this year. And Diana, we're here to say the same thing. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would agree. I think that I think the Devils have definitely been, you know, one of the most improved teams, if not the most improved team uh yeah. this year compared to compared to past seasons. Where where they stand right now, thirty six, fourteen and five, uh good for second place in the Metropolitan Division. You know well, right now about. actually they I mean, right now they have the second highest goal differential at plus 44 uh, right now, only second to Boston. Uh, You know, it really seems like, uh, you know, we were wondering earlier this season, would they be able to remain consistent, uh, you know, with that roster? But it looks like finally Jack Hughes has finally turned a corner. Uh, in that Devils offense, uh, you know, putting up a 69-point season so far, 35 35 goals, 34 assists, uh, setting career highs in all three categories, goals, assists, and points so far. And who knows? You know, there's still the – it it looks very likely he's probably going to be an 80-point getter this season. Still a possibility he could potentially reach a hundred yeah. by the end of the year, by the end of the season. Uh, you look at some of the other aspects of that of that roster. Dougie Hamilton, sixteen goals, thirty seven assists as a defenseman. the guy. I mean, Lou, that's that's basically Eric Carlson numbers. Yes. I mean, th- those are he's third on the team in scoring. Mm-hmm. Jesper Bratt is number two at twenty-two goals, thirty-two assists for fifty-four yep. points. Uh, you got Nico Heischer at twenty-three goals, twenty-eight assists for fifty-one points. Uh, then obviously, I mean, it kind of drops off there. Dawson Mercer, 13 goals, 19 assists for 32 points. Thomas Tatar, 12 goals, 19 assists for 31 points. Uh, it kind of drops off. But, you know, uh, another thing to look at, too, is the goaltenders. Uh, Vitek, yes. Vanacek, Vitek Vanacek is 24-5-3 this season uh a 2.3 goals against average and a 9 91.7 save percentage 
I mean, that's pretty good for an elite goaltender. Uh, you know, Vanacek has definitely has definitely uh, been a huge reason for the Devils' success this year. One thing I'm really shocked at, though, Andre Palat not showing up this year. I mean, Lou, he's only played 23 games, six goals, Uh eight assists. Well, that's a, that's that, uh, you know, this is a guy who was known for being an offensive juggernaut for so many years with Tampa Bay. And now at the age of 31, it's almost like, I don't know if it's because of injuries this year, uh, but it, it, it almost seems factor. like he is. Yeah, it could be a big factor, but, you know, it just seems like he's fallen off of a cliff here. Yeah, that may be true as well. Uh, but you know, I I gotta say the Devils they look to be in pretty good shape, you know, for a team that is looking to get back to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would be very surprised if they're not if if they somehow get bounced from playoff contention or if they're an early exit. I would be very surprised. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it going to be very surprised uh, if uh, Carolina's getting to Washington, which I don't think is going to happen. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, you know, on, honestly, I'm I'm looking at the uh, at the teams right now. And Alex, by the way, I've added you. I've added you back on. Cool. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just I'm looking at the teams right now. Honestly. I would say the biggest shocker to me would maybe be the Seattle Kraken. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, apart apart from New Jersey, you know, New Jersey, you kind of figured with uh, eventually Jack Hughes would would get around to being the you know the player that everybody projected him to be. But you take a look at Seattle. Seattle, this is their second. This is only their second season in the league. Right. So, you know, this is a team that, you know, not not a lot of people were actually looking at really doing much, considering the fact that they're an expansion team in their second year. Yeah, yeah they're oh, – Yeah, they have – the one thing that Seattle has is they have a lot of depth. Their scoring is pretty evenly spread out. I mean, you take a look at uh, their lead point getter is Jordan Eberle, 11 goals, 31 assists for 42 points. Vince Dunn, uh, one of their defensemen, 9 goals, 31 assists for 40 points. Their goal scoring, though, is led by Jared McCann, 26 goals, 13 assists for 39 points. I mean, plus Andre Burakovsky uh, coming over from the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche, uh, 13 goals, 26 assists. Uh, they have second-year center Matty Beniers, 18 goals, 20 assists. So, you know, this is a team that really seems to be overperforming cons- considering – the makeup of their roster. And if anything, Martin Jones, 
Uh, you want to talk about a career resurrection. Martin Jones is 23-9-3 right now for this team. Instead of a player like Philip Grubauer, who was a Vezina Trophy finalist uh, with, with Colorado. You know, a lot of pe- a lot a lot of people were expecting Philip Grubauer to be the uh, to be the big fish for Seattle, but really, you know, it's been Martin Jones, if anything, this year in net for them. So it's it's you know it's I think it's kind of surprising and pretty impressive actually for a team like Seattle that was in. Essentially, they were in the cellar of the league last year. Yeah. And for them, for them to improve uh, the way they have, and now they're in, they're in the middle of the playoff race right now. You know, I think, I think it's pretty damn impressive. So. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, there's still a lot of season, uh, a lot of season left. You know, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I would be very surprised, and I would be very surprised if uh, if teams like New Jersey and Seattle uh, get bounced from playoff contention. Uh, let me bring in. I think is this uh, JB? Is that you? Yes, it is. Welcome to welcome to the show, JB. Hey. Uh, we just we just been talking a little bit a little bit of hockey. Uh, let me let me ask you: Did you watch uh, the UFC uh, last week? They had um, Volkanovski against uh, oh who uh, against Machado. I, yes, I did. I I, uh, I went to uh, Hooters with my uh, friend. We watched the uh, main event. Uh, what did you think? Because a lot of people thought that Volkanovski won uh, three of the five rounds, but ultimately, and it ended up going to uh, to Makachev. I was actually uh, thinking uh, Volkanovski uh, got three out of five rounds also. And I turned to my uh, friend and I said, hey, when it goes to a judge's decision, uh, you know, anything can can happen. And that's why uh, Dana has always said, you know, Finish the, you know, if you finish your fight, then you know, uh, then you know you won. Otherwise, you know, it's up in the air. Anything can happen. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, usually, usually, uh, you know that that saying, in order to be the champ, you have to beat the champ. Because uh, if it heads to a score, if it heads to a scores uh, decision. Odds are that they're gonna they're gonna rule in favor of the of the defending champion more often right. than not. And it's different. It's different in boxing. It seems like it. It seems like it's different in boxing than it is in uh, MMA because 
a lot of times, uh, even if they, uh, you know, decide for the uh, other guy, he'll get the uh, he'll get the belt. And I heard that there is going to be, that there might be a or maybe there is going to be a uh, uh, they're going to uh, you know fight again. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think that would be out of the. I don't think that would be out of the question uh, because of how close of a fight it was. Except for that one judge who ruled it forty-nine to forty-six for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what that judge was smoking because there's no way that uh, Makachev won four rounds. Uh, yeah. I definitely didn't see it that way. I had at you know uh, at worst. I had Volkanovski losing three to two at yeah. work. Uh, so for one of the judges to rule it four to one just told me that the, that the judge wasn't even watching the fight period. Was uh, watching? Because, yeah. Because even, even when, even when Makachev, even uh, when Makachev had Volkanovski on the ground, Volkanovski was still attacking him uh, in the, in the ground position. So, you know, it, it, it honestly, it did look like it looked like Volkanovski was doing a lot of uh, was doing a lot of damage. So, it was kind of surprising to see one of the one of the uh, scores come out forty nine forty six. Yeah, I I even turned to my friend and I said, uh, you know, I can even see it possibly being a. Uh, you know, split decision, and I said, you know, I think, uh, you know, both of these judges are going to score it close. And then I heard the one judge scoring it, you know, four, uh, 39 or 49 to 46, and I thought, what the hell? <laughs> I yeah, don't know. it just... It just really seemed odd. It it really seemed odd with the whole, the way the. I mean, ju- let's let's face it. Ju- uh, MMA judges have kind of been turning into boxing judges. Uh, yeah. You know, you can't really trust that they're going to make the right decision on certain uh, on certain fights. Nah. Yeah, they used to be. It seems like they uh, used to be. Uh... Better judges in the past. Yeah. So what happened? Even... Uh, well, there was there was uh, one other thing too that took place last week. Uh, Jens Pulver uh, was announced as the newest inductee into the Pioneer the Hall of Fame of of the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, Pulver, obviously, uh, for any UFC fans. Uh, that remember uh, he was a former UFC lightweight champion, uh, known for uh, for such classics against BJ Penn, Kao Uno, Dennis Hallman. Uh, most notably, though, known for his uh, for his feud with BJ Penn. He was also one of the coaches on the Ultimate Fighter as well. Uh, and also, he was known for being knocked out very quickly by Joe Lozon in Joe Lozon's first uh, UFC fight. 
uh, in 47 seconds. Uh, but then once he left the UFC, his career basically started going downhill, uh, losing a whole bunch of times to Uriah Faber uh, and a couple of others. And, you know, it just it just seemed like the years following uh, leaving the UFC, you know, he just – he was never – you know, he was never the same. Uh, you know, he 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 just was never was never the same sort of fighter. Well, he actually went from pride from about what three or four three or four fights, and then he went. He only fought in UFC, I think, uh, twice, and then he went to WEC. That's where his. Uh, that's where his uh, downfall went. And from then on, he went on to uh, a few other uh, few other uh, fight leagues. But uh, it seems like as soon as he went to WEC, that's where all his losses were. And he must have had like about, God, almost five or six losses almost. Yeah. Yeah. By the by the way, get ready for that get ready for that uh for that riot to potentially start happening in Canada. They're looks like they're headed towards the finish of this match here at Elimination Chamber and uh Jimmy Uso did just come out and attack Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn though kicked out of the ensuing pinfall attempt. And still waiting on Jey Uso to come out, which will probably <laughs> seal the deal. So uh, JB, uh, you know you're probably you're probably not aware, but there uh, the WWE pay per view that's going on tonight is in Sami Zayn's hometown of Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and it seems like uh, the uh, the uh, event makers in Montreal are concerned that there might be an actual riot that'll ensue. Uh, oh, depending geez. on the result of tonight's match, so you wonder if uh, George Saint Pierre isn't uh, in the stands. <laughs> oh, he is. No, he is. He is there with uh, with Ariel Hawani. Actually, they showed him on uh, on camera. Oh, oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. They showed them on camera. Um, and actually, there's the spear by Roman, and no, still isn't over. Wow. Okay. Uh, you know, the thing, the thing that this brings me back to is this is kind of reminding me of maybe a little bit of Eddie Guerrero and Brock Lesnar back in 2004 when Eddie Guerrero finally won the heavyweight title. That's the only other thing I can think of here. Otherwise, Sami Zayn is probably losing uh, tonight. Uh, but like I like I had said earlier, this is maybe the one opportunity that they have to create a new no. star with with such a storyline that they have here. But I don't know. Yeah, uh, I I don't I don't get into uh, pro wrestling like I I used to just watch it just for. Uh, just, just for yeah. you know, just, just for the last, more or less, really. 
I don't get right. into it anymore. Well, yeah, yeah it's drastically it's drastically different compared to uh, like the nineties. Oh, nothing compared to the 90s. So, I mean, yeah, it is drastically it, different. That was the peak, the pinnacle. Yeah, back at, back when it was WWF versus WCW, the Attitude Era, uh, and whatnot. I mean, yeah, drastically different. But, um, oh, I, you know, I did forget about this uh, little news tidbit. Uh the Vegas Raiders have officially released Derek Carr just yep. days before days before his uh his contract guarantee was going to uh was going to kick in. <laughs> and Lou, as you as you just brought up, uh he has uh he has visited with the Jets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has visited with the Jets. Uh, he did visit with the Saints, but uh, there was there was word basically that he would not accept a deal uh, to either the Saints or to any team while he was still a member of the Raiders. So, right. Uh, that's why inevitably the Raiders ended up uh, ended up releasing him before his. Uh, before his contract guarantee could become official. Uh-huh. You'd want to go someplace other than, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you think, you know, I would want to go to another team uh, knowing the other team would probably be Paying me more than the uh, Jets. Well, you know, I mean, if you think about it, though, the Jets are realistically just a quarterback away from contention. I mean, they have a solid foundation that they've been working on. The problem is, is they're literally just a quarterback away. Yeah, that, yeah, they that are getting real better. Achilles, that was their real Achilles heel last year. Well, that and they lost Brees Hall as well to uh, to injury too. That was also a pretty big Achilles heel for them. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. They might try to hold that for uh, Rodgers, but they've already uh, they're talking to Carr. Carr would be there for more years. Not a not a bad move. If they really go for the big move, though, they'll they'll wait for Rodgers. But who knows if he really wants to roll the dice on going to New York? I know they have young talent, but you know, right? Maybe Rodgers yeah, is holding out for more of a. Rodgers wants a, a more more sure shot of uh, getting to the Super Bowl one more time. Yeah, and it does sound like too uh, that Rodgers is a hundred percent done in Green Bay. By the way, absolutely. Yeah, they've really he's finally burned all the bridges. For the final time, <laughs> yeah. After like three, yeah, four years said, of, uh, after pissing everyone off, like for like two straight off, three straight off seasons, now they're like really, really, really done with them. <laughs> yeah, that Green Green Bay is apparent is apparently a hundred percent done, and that they are focused on uh, on Love being their uh, starting quarterback. 
Yeah, and Rogers is going into uh, what's a dark room for four days. He's going to take some peyote, maybe some mushrooms. Yeah. Going to go into solitary. Yeah, really. <laughs> do some yoga. A whole and, bunch uh, of stuff. Self self reflect. <laughs> yeah, he's going to take a whole bunch of stuff basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah he he's gonna he's gonna uh, he's gonna sit down with uh, Joe Rogan and the Diaz brothers and. Uh, <laughs> I would have gone with him several years ago. I would have parked. Oh, uh, man. Going in there for a little little self-reflection. I can't figure yeah. Rogers out. I still think he's a diva, but he can sling it. Yeah. Someone's going to take him, that's for sure. He's going to he's gonna make one more run. I don't. Apparently, he wants to get into a perfect place like San Fran, but uh, Green Bay obviously doesn't want to help him, you know, trade him off to a rival right away. They hope yeah. they're hoping he goes. You know, they want to move him to like New York or somewhere like that. Yeah, so it's it, wherever he goes, it's not going to be in the NFC. It'll be in the AFC wherever he goes because uh, the the Packers have already have made that well known that they they will not trade him to an NFC rival. How about the Saints? I know they're in the NFC, but. There's not a whole uh, lot of teams it. that could take him or that they want to move him to that have the capital to get him. I mean, there's not that yeah, long I, of a list of teams. I doubt it, honestly. Sammy had this I match. Doubt, okay. I, I doubt that uh, that he would go to New Orleans because – Yeah. Too much uncertainty. You know, there. there's not, 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 not a powerful roster right now. I don't even think I don't even think New Orleans even has the uh you know I don't think I don't think uh they even have uh the assets it would take to acquire Rodgers. Yes. Yeah. So I, I don't know man, you he know, might be going to the Jets. I don't know where else? Can't really, what the Raiders? Oh yeah, well he might do that. Uh he might go there with Devonta. He could. Uh, I do know that the Raiders were one of the teams that were listed as being in uh, as being in in contention for him potentially. So yeah, imagine if they got him, then you'd have Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Mahomes, and Herbert in the in that division. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's still. Uh, you know, it's it's still questionable right now, just exactly where Rod. You know, I did find it kind of interesting the fact that he said that he would that he refused to do that jersey swap at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, that pretty much told you that either he was retiring, or that he was a hundred percent done with uh, with Green Bay. And I'm what wondering that? if that was one of the conditions. If that was, was one that of the conditions. Issue? What was the story behind that? What was the jersey swap? I didn't. I didn't read that. Yeah, uh, I forget. I forget who it was, but somebody somebody wanted a uh, somebody. One of the players wanted to swap jerseys uh, yeah. with Aaron Rodgers in Rodgers' final game of the season, and Rodgers said no. I got it. Was one of the Lions players, I think, and uh, Rodgers okay. said no. Rodgers said sorry. I got to hang on to this one. So, I don't know. 
You know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, that could have been a sign that, you know, Rogers was, uh, Rogers knew ahead of time that he was leaving Green Bay. I wonder if maybe that was one of the conditions of, uh, of him returning this season. Was that okay? I'll return this season but you need to let me make my decision of what I want to do next season. Whether whether or not I want to stay in Green Bay or if I want to leave, basically. Interesting. Well, he loves drama and he loves stirring the pot and making it all about him. So, so yeah. mystery with what Mr. Rogers is up to. Yeah, you know, I I had thought that he would probably retire. Yeah. I didn't think that he would, uh, you know, that he would be coming back next year, but it sounds like he is returning next year, so. Uh, also, uh, sticking on the uh, topic of football, we did have the return officially of the XFL starting today. We did. As we did. The, as the regular season, uh, the regular season started today uh, on ABC with the XFL, uh, the third iteration of the XFL, this time run by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes. Uh, as well as his ex-wife, Danny Garcia, and a couple of others as well. Um, The eight teams that they have in this iteration, you have the Arlington Renegades, the Houston Roughnecks, the Orlando Guardians, the San Antonio Brahmas, uh, the D.C. Defenders, the Seattle Sea Dragons, the St. Louis Battlehawks and the Vegas Vipers. Weird. All weird. And pretty much as far as coaches go, you got Rod Woodson, you got Heinz Ward, you have Jim Hazlitt, and you have Wade Phillips as maybe the top four names on that uh out of those eight uh teams. And Today started out with a 22 or the uh, the regular season I should say started out today with a 22 to 20 victory for the Arlington Renegades against the Vegas Vipers Whoopee. to start off. And it looks like Oh wait, actually no, there was a second game today, uh the Orlando Guardians and the Houston Roughnecks. I don't know the final of that yet, but still going um, on, it's not over yet. Oh, okay. Okay, so that is still going on. It's in the fourth quarter. It's in the fourth quarter. Uh, it looks like the rules are remaining the same, I believe, as opposed, you know, compared to the uh, the previous uh, XFL iteration. Uh, some of the notable players in this season's XFL, you have Kalen Balage. Huh? Oh, wow. Yeah, you have Kalen uh, Balaj, who was formerly, I think, with the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. I was joking. I was saying hopefully Jay Cutler's playing. Uh, no, 
well, you do have the next best thing, Ben DiNucci. <laughs> oh, nice. Any Jamarcus Russell sightings? Uh, no, but you do have A.J. McCarron. Yeah, there you go. You want to win this game. It's over. <laughs> McCarron. Uh, some of the other notable names, you have Vic Beasley, uh, Martavis Bryant, uh, Josh Gordon. Yeah, that's right. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon apparently isn't good enough anymore for the uh, for the NFL. He's been blackballed by the league now because of yeah. his marijuana usage. Even though marijuana is now legal in the oh, NFL. Remember, remember the last. That was before. But remember though, he was on the Chiefs for a little bit and didn't even like suit up. Did he do uh? Did he do anything statistically today? Did he play and did he did he catch any balls? Uh. I don't think he's like black. No, not not today. He he plays for the Seattle Sea Dragons. They haven't played yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, some, of these guys want to, some of these guys want another shot to get back in the league, so I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. You'll see some of these guys get back to the NFL. Yeah, you also have a former Raiders punter, uh, Marquette King, in the league. You have Cody Latimer, Paxton Lynch, uh, and that's well, Eli Rogers, and that's pretty much the uh, it when it comes to well, at least names that I remember. Um, but you know, it's I, I mean, I do I do like the fact that the XFL has decided to come back because at least it gives an alternative to the NFL, and you know, who knows? There's Usually towards the beginning of every NFL season or, or of the last time the XFL was around, quite a few players actually got signed to NFL teams after uh-huh. the XFL season had ended. So, yeah. you know, this is essentially a way for players to get second chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all for it. Think right. ahead. These guys, there's some awesome athletes. And, yeah, like you said, it's another way for them to prove themselves and maybe get another another shot at it. Yeah, and by the way, uh, so there were rule changes that were announced on December 8th. Uh, they announced that they would be keeping the rule book from the 2020 season. The only difference is the following revisions would be made. Uh, the play clock changes from 25 seconds from the spotting of the ball to 35 seconds from the end of the previous play. Uh, team timeouts per half increased from two to three. Uh, regulation overtime rounds decreased from five to three. Uh, there would be a new option to convert a fourth and 15 to keep the ball in the fourth quarter. Uh, this is also in addition to the traditional onside kick option, which also remains in the rules. Uh, teams now have one coach's challenge which can be used to review any officiating decision without restrictions. Uh, and in lieu of the on-site sky judge, which was used in the AAF as well as the 2020 season, all replay decisions will be made from a centralized hub. Uh, this hub will retain the error correction powers that the sky judge held. A new football will replace the proprietary design that was used in 2020 with a more conventional pebbling and design scheme. Uh, 
along with industry standard Horween leather and the signature of the chairwoman, uh, Danny Garcia, the chairwoman of the XFL. So those are pretty much the, you know, the rule changes essentially for the league. You know, it just, it, it does seem like, uh, you know, that the, uh, excuse me, they're, at, they're, at, they're at least, you know, trying to keep things, uh, trying to keep things interesting for, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, nothing will compare to the NFL, but at least, you know, this is a way for players, you know, who may have washed out of the league or maybe they weren't good enough to be drafted and weren't good enough to be signed, uh, as an undrafted free agent, you know, that gives players a chance to, you know, show on on live TV, uh, you know, to try and prove uh, those doubters wrong, essentially. Yeah. Yep. A little payback. Some of those guys will be yeah. Some of those guys will surface on rosters over the summer and stuff. I'm all for it. Yeah. 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 I think I think it's a good idea, honestly. So. And there's no ridiculous, uh, there's no ridiculous rules where it becomes like a joke, you know. It's not like a cartoon. It's actually right. good competitive rules. It's a good. Um, we do have some uh, some big news in the in Major League Baseball. Uh, Frankie Montaz of the New York Yankees is scheduled yep. to undergo shoulder surgery, and yeah. it sounds like he will be out for the entire season. It says, best-case scenario, he returns late in the season. However, from what it sounds like, it sounds like he is likely out for the entire season. What did they give up for Montez again, the Yankees? Um, A couple of their prospects, I think. Yeah, hang on. Oh, I don't mean to – yeah. I completely forgot myself. So Remember, he came over uh, all hyped up, and then he uh, he was just awful, yeah. and then he was injured. He was getting yeah. lit up when they first got him. So they got, they got Frankie Montez and reliever Lou Trevino in exchange for J.P. Sears and Ken Waldachuk, along with right-hander Luis, uh, Luis Medina and second baseman Cooper Bowman. Yeah. In that deal, which, I mean, honestly, uh, the athletics could have gotten a hell of a lot better than what they ended up getting ultimately. I mean, CBS Sports back when the trade was made, they gave the Yankees an A and they gave uh, the athletics a C. So. You know that 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 sort of tells you right there what uh you know what the media thought of that deal. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's a uh, it's a big um, you know it's a big setback though for the for the Yankees. Because now, you know, they have to find a new number five starter. 
Jason Thing's going to look, look up. Uh, let's see. Also, uh, Manny Machado, he confirmed yesterday that he intends to opt out of his current contract with the Padres following next season. Uh, his contract runs through 2028 and it pays him $30 million annually. Uh, but it's only logical though, that he would use the opt out and explore the open market. Uh, considering he's 30 years old, uh, there's the opportunity that, uh, you know, he could get one last big contract. Uh, but it sounds like it would take a massive offer uh, for him to get something done prior to the uh, prior to the end of winter. So it does look like uh, it does look like he's probably going to opt out and test the market next season. Yes. Which, I mean, I can't say I blame him, considering the oh. you know how con- considering how asinine uh, some contracts have uh, have been in recent years. So, yeah. uh, let's see. Going to get a huge payday uh, next next offseason. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it does look it does look like he's going to get a huge payday more likely than not. Oh, I forgot to bring this up. Uh there was a uh, remember the four team deal in the NBA that was made between the Warriors, yeah. Pistons, Hawks and Trailblazers. Uh that deal was held up by Gary Payton the second failing his physical doing or due to a core injury that required surgery last off season, but uh the that information was withheld from the Golden State Warriors and they had until su- until last Sunday at 9:30 to uh to make a decision of whether or not to keep them uh they did decide ultimately to keep the to keep the deal as it is uh and Gary Payton uh, will be reevaluated in one month, according to uh, General Manager Bob Myers. Uh, but you know, ultim- ultimately, it, it, it. I think the big part of this is the fact that Peyton is also under contract for next year too, and yeah. you know, Golden State's main reason for acquiring him is because for reacquiring him is the fact that they never really wanted to let him go to begin with. Right. So, so you know that's this is basically their way of, you know, essentially making sure that he sticks around. So that would be the way to do it. Obviously, considering they they did give up James Wiseman and five second round picks in order to ultimately uh, bring him back. So as we were part of that, like, there's, been, there's been like 500 second round picks that have been dealt. They're grown on trees in the NBA. I know. Yeah, it's uh, it's re- it's really weird. Um, the fact that it seems like second round picks are a lot more valuable than first round picks, apparently. Wow. When it comes to the uh, trade market. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, also, uh, Looks like the NBA Hall of Fame uh, finalists have been 
have been revealed somewhat, and there are five there are five huge names that may be on the NBA Hall of Fame uh, marker this upcoming uh, you know this upcoming uh, reveal. Dirk Nowitzki, Dwayne Wade, obvious choice. Tony Parker, Hal Gasol, and Greg Popovich. This may be, potentially, if all five of them get on, which it sounds like they probably will, this may be one of the the more stacked. Huh? Will Parker get in the first ballot or no? Yes, I think. Okay. Because uh, I think what they want to do, you know, I mean, Ginobili got on, Duncan got on. It only makes sense for Parker to get on. Okay. I think that's ultimately what they want to what they want to do, and obviously Popovich is going to get on, uh, which is funny considering he's not even retired yet as a coach. Um, you know, Dirk. I would assume Nowitzki's going to get in. I would assume Dwayne Wade would probably get in, and Pal Gasol. I mean, I think these are these are five uh, surefire first first ballot Hall of Famers here. Yeah. yeah. Consider considering their careers. I mentioned it in loose show just for a quick second. I thought Parker would be like the one guy who might have a little bit of a tougher time, but. I think they'll all get right. in. The other guys are like automatic. Yeah, it's a really I mean, Gasol maybe. I mean, Wade and Nowitzki are no brainers. No. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I guess you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at Gasol right now. Two-time NBA champion. He was a six-time All-Star. Uh, he was part of the. All NBA second team twice, part of the All NBA third team twice. He was Rookie of the Year. He was a member of the All Rookie first team in 2002. Uh, taking a look at as far as his numbers go, you know he was a career. He 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 uh, landed a career uh, over 50 percent on his career uh, overall. Uh, he averaged 15.4 points per game, 9.2 rebounds, 3.2 assists. Eh, I mean, I guess he would be kind of borderline when you compare, considering the fact that he, what was he a, a power forward or was he a was he a small forward? He was a power forward, he was, wasn't he? He's okay, power yeah. forward, yeah. And then when he slowed down, even like you know, like kind of center, but yeah, mainly a power forward. Yeah, I mean, no KG, no Charles uh, Barkley, no Kevin Durant. Yeah, or no actually, no. You know what? Sure. I got I got that wrong. Those were those were his uh, those were his playoff numbers. So his career numbers: uh, seventeen seventeen points a game, nine point two rebounds, three point two assists. Uh, to go along with uh, 1.6 blocks per game as well. Uh, still shot 50% from the field, uh, 36.8% career from three. 
Although the final year of his career, though, was derailed by injuries, I think, though, too. Um, you know, honestly, ever since he left, uh, when he left L.A., and then, you know, he had two two solid years in Chicago. Then after he left Chicago and went to San Antonio, you know, it just he wasn't the he wasn't the same Pal Gasol. So. Right. You know, I don't yeah. know exactly if he would be first ballot, but I mean, you take a look at Tony Parker, though, four-time NBA champion, NBA Finals MVP, six-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA second team. He was a member of the All-NBA third team. Uh, he made the All-Rookie first team in 2002. Uh, he averaged 15 and a half points per game, 2.7 rebounds, 5.6 assists. I think the big thing with him is the fact, you know, those four those four titles with San Antonio. Wow. And the fact yeah, that I mean, he was so him. instrumental in those years. Yeah. Plus, you have the uh, in the same entry as uh, Popovich too. That might kind of help him. Like a two-for-one yeah. almost. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you the NBA loves to have that. You know, over you in the NBA, they like to, they like to kind of, you know what I mean, with marketing, the NBA is kind of savvy. They'll probably just put them both in together, make a bigger spectacle right. out of it together, stuff like that. Right. I mean, you had Tim Duncan one year. You had Manu Ginobili the next year. Now this year you have Parker and, and – uh, and Popovich, it only makes sense that Parker would get in this year. I mean, obviously, if he doesn't get in this year, he'll get in next year. But I mean, why waste? You know, why waste the time and have him wait an extra year? I, honestly, you know, if I'm looking at uh, if I'm looking at his, at his stats right now. Uh, I mean, I can kind of see why there would be a little bit of hesitancy on Parker. Considering he's a point guard, you would expect that his assist numbers would be up a little bit more career-wise. But, you know, I could kind of see where people would see Parker as, a first ballot, considering the fact, you know, the uh, the spur connection. Yeah, you know, Ginobili hasn't been on it yet. He's not in the Hall of Fame, is he? Ginobili is, yeah. Oh, yes, he, he is. Okay, I forgot about that. Yeah, Ginobili, yeah, I think he made bad. it last year. If I if I remember correctly, I think he made it last year. That's gonna help Parker too. I, now that I'm All thinking right. about it. I mean, they're kind of like two peas in the same pod. They're like, they were pretty different kind of players, but they were both like equally important. So I think if Ginobili's in, Parker's getting in. Mm -hmm. Popovich, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, By the way, a scoring update. Uh, The Houston Roughnecks did defeat uh, the Guardians tonight, 33-12 to for the XFL. So Wade Phillips, uh, in his first game as head coach of the of the Houston Roughnecks, absolutely dominates uh, thirty three to twelve. 
Uh-huh. Wow. Hmm, and the line was only Houston by three and a half. So, uh, needless to say, yeah. they shattered the line. Okay. Uh, the, uh, but, Rock, the Rock took up part owner. I saw him on TV today revving up the crowd. I forget where it was for their uh, opener. I think it was Vegas. Yeah. Yep, it was. I think it was Vegas that they were in. Vegas or it was either Vegas or Arlington that they were in. I forget which. I think it was Arlington. Um, Let me look, actually. Yeah, it was Arlington. Thank you. Yeah, I just looked it up. It was Arlington. And actually, uh, Josh Gordon is playing tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night at 8. It's come down to this. We have that in, 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 in that week. Come down to this now. So, you know, I do think uh, – I stated this on Lou's show earlier uh, today. I do think that the XFL will be better uh, this time, considering Ow. the fact that – considering the fact that Dwayne Johnson actually cares about the XFL. I mean, he was one of the – you know, back when the XFL was first around – he was one of the primary uh, – I mean, obviously, you know, he was a huge star in the WWF. Uh, so he was used as the primary uh, person that they centered around whenever they did in-game stuff, uh, in-game, uh, you know, associations with the WWF. Uh, the Rock was one of their biggest uh, stars that would do – that would not just wrestle, but also appear in the XFL. Um, I just think that with, you know, comparing him to Vince McHow, Vince was never really on board with the uh, XFL uh, revival back in 2000, back in 2020. Um, With all the stuff that The Rock has done since he left wrestling and, you know, became a legitimate businessman, became a, uh, an actor that he's actually gone through a lot, like a lot of business ventures that have really worked out for him. And I think he is actually serious about the XFL. You know, I don't think he's doing it for, for it to be just a one and done thing. Uh, I think he is serious about actively working to improve, uh, you know, to make the XFL a permanent thing to where, uh, you know, athletes who may have been washed out of the NFL uh, for them to have the chance to hone their craft and, you know, to be recognized on television. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it, it just seems like people take him more seriously as a businessman right now compared to Vince McMahon, who, you know, is seeking to sell the WWE for he's, – he's seeking to sell the WWE for $9 billion. And, yes, that is the right number I'm talking about. $9 billion. Sorry. Yes, $9 billion I know, I was going to go for that, that that's not that's not a misquote. I know. He is uh, Vince. Vince is looking to sell the the WWE to, for nine billion dollars. Whoever decides to buy it, I'll take some of it. 
Okay, never mind. I mean, honestly, you know, I I know they got you know uh, NBC Universal and uh, Comcast, uh, Fox, and a whole bunch of other you know Disney and whatnot in the uh, running, but really, I I only th- I just think it's only a matter of time before you know before it's sold to Saudi Arabia. The Saudis are really the only people that can actually afford that. And it'll be chump change for them, basically. But, you know, going back to the XFL, I think executives, uh, you know, actually have more respect for The Rock with everything that he's been able to do as an executive compared to respect for Vince. And I mean, we saw how the league completely fell apart under Vince that second time, that second go around because of the blow up that he had with, uh, with the commissioner, Oliver Luck, among other things. So, you know, it's just, uh, honestly, it, I would be surprised if the XFL fails for a third time. I wouldn't. Uh, you know, ju- just knowing how the Rock how the Rock is usually in his business ventures, it w- it would be shocking to me if the XFL is the one thing that that he fails at. But. Uh, Going over to Major League Baseball again, uh, it was officially confirmed uh, earlier this week by Jesse Rogers of ESPN that the Major League Baseball's Joint Competition Committee voted unanimously on Monday to make the league's runner-on-second-base extra inning rule officially permanent. So a runner will, just like last the last few seasons, a runner will be placed at second base at the start of every extra inning uh, for all regular season games moving forward. Uh, and also uh, part of the uh, part of the chain or part of the uh, ruling as well is that uh, it was voted unanimously to allow position players to pitch only in extra innings or in the ninth inning when their team is either leading by at least 10 runs or any time their team is trailing by at least eight runs. That's probably not going to happen. Like, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very rare that uh, those type of blowouts are uh, you know take place in baseball unless unless you're a team that absolutely sucks, like uh, you know, like the Kansas City Royals or something, where you get blown out literally yeah. every single game or the Detroit Tigers, or whatnot. Uh, unless you're one of those type of teams, uh, you know, I did mention this earlier today. You know, one thing I do think they, they should do, if they if they do want to get rid of position players pitching, allow teams to carry more relief pitchers. If you yeah. allow teams to carry more relief pitchers, uh you know that would uh, obviously that would that would that would change things because 
Otherwise, if a team is down to just one pitcher uh, before that eighth inning, you know, you're basically going to force that pitcher to continue pitching and pitching and pitching, you know, potentially ruin their arm. Uh, even if they can't, you know, if they can't get the outs that they need to get. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I kind of think that the, uh, that the extra inning rule is good. The, the ghost runner rule is good. Um, I like it. Cause you know, no, nobody wants to sit through 18, uh, 18 inning games, you know, that last until one o'clock in the morning. You know, so obviously everybody, everybody wants to basically get rid of, uh, you know, get the game over with as quickly as possible. And we have seen, obviously, uh, you know, game times decrease when they hit extra innings compared to the last couple of seasons. Uh, you know, with that extra runner on second um, rule officially being in play. Well, you know what? I think I am going to call it a little bit early tonight. Uh, we do have, you know, just a little bit of time left on the on the show normally, but um, I do want to thank uh, Lou. I want to thank Alex and JB for calling in tonight. Uh, a reminder, a reminder right. for any uh, for any Survivor fans. Uh, this upcoming Thursday night, we will be doing the Survivor 44 Cast Assessment Podcast. And starting with the new season, uh, we will be doing Survivor recap shows every Thursday night on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, You can also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Mm -hmm. basically anywhere you can find, anywhere you can search for podcasts. Uh, More than likely, you will be able to find us there by searching Missy A.E., um, so, uh, everybody have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, we will be back next Saturday night for another edition of sports whispers weekly. And Oops. yeah, so, uh, have a great rest of your weekend and see you guys all next Saturday night.